0: Spiritual worship is living your life in such a way that everything you do shows the value of Jesus. Verse 22, he says, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. In other words, he's saying your worship is ignorant. You worship what you don't even know. See, the Samaritans, in addition to all the other things we talked about, the Samaritans also rejected most of the Scriptures. They believed only in what we call the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch are the first five books of our Bibles. They're they're the five books that Moses wrote. Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. The five books that Moses wrote. They were the only books that the Samaritans believed were the Word of God. They rejected the Psalter. They rejected all the prophets. They rejected the history books. They rejected the wisdom books. They rejected everything. They especially rejected Nehemiah, which told about their opposition to the people of God. So they rejected all of that. So Jesus says, not only is it not about a place, but you are worshiping what you don't know because you have rejected the Scriptures that tell you about the One that you worship, you therefore are worshiping what you don't know, or in other words, you're not worshiping at all. In other words, the worship of the true believer has to be informed by the truth of who we're worshiping. We cannot worship one that we don't know, and God has told us of Himself here. So the only genuine worship is worship that is guided by the revealed knowledge of the Creator. The One who has told us of Himself in His Word. The worship that that Paul speaks of, the worship that Jesus speaks of, in fact, he's going to go on. uh, We're just going to look down uh, to verse 24 real quick. Uh, God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. So you must worship in Spirit, meaning true worship is a work of the Spirit. It is an act of the Spirit. True worship is not something you do. True worship is something the Spirit of God does through you. And it's only done through true believers because true believers are the only ones in which the Spirit of God lives. So if the Spirit of God lives in us, the Spirit of God worships, through us, but only in true and genuine Christians. And He only does it in truth. The Spirit of God only worships the true God in the truth of the Scriptures that were written to us by who? Who wrote the Scriptures in terms of who was the the divine author of Scriptures? The Holy Spirit is the author of Scriptures. So the Holy Spirit lives in us and worships the true God through the Word that He wrote. So he's not going to worship the true God in any way that contradicts what he himself wrote about the true God. Okay, So, worshiping in spirit and truth means that it is not a human activity per se. It is a divine activity. It is an act of the Spirit. It is something the Spirit does. That's what Paul says. Worship's by the Spirit of God. That's what Jesus says. Worship's in spirit and truth. So he says, your worship, what you call worship, is faulty because number one, you think it's all about a place. And number two, you're doing it in ignorance. You don't even know the God that has been revealed to you. And so therefore, you can't worship the God because you're ignorant of the God that you claim to be worshiping. You know, we can't just worship God any old way we want. We can't just worship God. And by that I mean, we can't just worship whatever idea we like about God. I hear this phrase a lot. You've heard it a lot too. It kind of goes like this. I like to think of God as... and you fill in the blank. Have you heard that phrase? I like to think of God as a God of... who cares what you like to think of God as? What matters is what God has revealed Himself to be. That's what matters. That's what it means to worship in truth. So we live in a society that loves, loves to fashion God after our own image. And then worship that God that's made in our image. That's what Romans 1 is all about. Instead, what the scriptures say to us, that's, that's worshiping a false God. Because you don't have, you don't get your own Jesus. You don't get to just create your own Jesus like you would like him to be. He is God. And the scriptures have told us who he is. And that is the only worship that's authentic, genuine Christian worship. Worship by the Spirit of God. That is, worshiping, knowing that it's not about a place, it's not about a building, it's not about a thing. It's about the Spirit of God in us, worshiping the true God in the truth that He has revealed to us. But that still doesn't tell us what worship is. Because we began by saying, you know, we often confuse worship with this, really we kind of wrap it up in the idea, I think singing sort of takes the cake. Isn't that sort of the main way we think about worshiping God is through singing? So we still really haven't gotten to the idea of what worship really is and what worship is not. So let's turn now to just a, to another passage of Scripture that I think is really helpful to inform our thinking about worship, and that is uh, found in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, the beginning of the chapter there, we're finding a, a very informative statement to us, again in the context of worship, that Paul says, Verses one and two, Romans chapter twelve. This is a, this will be a familiar passage to everybody. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your what bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Wow. Presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, Paul says, that is, remember the spiritual worship, this idea of worshiping in the Spirit? Paul says that is spiritual worship, this idea of presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice. So what is this all about? Well, why does the Scripture say to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice? You know, if I think of giving something to God, the first thing that I would think of is I don't know why He'd want this body but, uh, you know, it's, it would seem like there would be something a whole lot better that I could give to him than that. There's some sort of living sacrifice. Why does God say, why does Paul say, present your bodies as a living sacrifice? In the Scriptures, the significance of our bodies is never about how we look. The significance of our bodies is always about what they do. Whenever we find bodies being talked about in Scripture... In spiritual terms. It's always about what we do. What our bodies do. What, what, what they engage in. The activities that they do. The activities they refrain from. So the idea that Paul is getting at here is that spiritual worship, worship by the Spirit, can be singing, sure. But spiritual worship is living your life in such a way that everything you do shows the value of Jesus. Shows the worth of Jesus. In fact, if we were to look at the words here, the word that Paul uses for worship, it means worship. It also means serve. In fact, it, it, you probably, probably somebody here has a translation that translated Philippians 3-3 as serve or uh, Romans 12.1, as serve. Probably somebody has a translation that translated as serve because it's the same word. So, worship, serve, same sort of idea. Even in the English, when we think about the the root of that English word worship, it comes from way back in Old English from from a word that, that was literally, if I can say it right, my Old English is kind of rusty, uh, worth, shape, which literally just meant just putting two words together that meant to ascribe worth to. So that's literally what worship is. The idea began with this idea that that says, if I ascribe value to something, that's worship. I'm worth worshiping. I'm showing this is worth, this is value, this is treasure. And so in the original meaning of the word, you could worship anything. You could say, you know, this... This book is is valuable. I can worship this this book, not in the sense of spiritual worship, but in the sense that I say this is valuable. Well, we we'll take that over into the context of faith and the context of religion, and it becomes this idea of showing worth or value or living your life in such a way that shows that Jesus Christ is of supreme worth, of supreme value, that He is the treasure of your life. Just, just skip ahead. Well, you, you probably aren't in Philippians. But you can just listen as I skip ahead down to, uh, to verse 7. I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth. It's the same idea that Paul is going to continue to work with. He's going to continue to push it on along. And so, spiritual worship is, as Paul says to the Romans, presenting your bodies, or in other words, everything about your life, presenting everything about your life to God... In such a way that what you do, where you go, what you say, what you don't say, all of that is, is intended to show that Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the ultimate treasure. That's what worship is. So worship can be singing, absolutely. Worship can be praying. Worship can be listening to the Word of God preached. But that's really just a small slice of what the biblical idea of worship is. Worship is all life-encompassing. And therefore, it can only be a work of the Spirit. We can't fake it. We We can fake some things about it, but we cannot fake the genuine worship by the Spirit because what that is is living all aspects of our life in such a way that whoever's watching us says, Jesus is their treasure. Jesus is their treasure. So, let me just, let me just remind, uh, real quickly, just, just how consistent Paul's thoughts have been. Verse, chapter 1, verse 27. Only let the manner of your life be worthy of the gospel. The gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you. That you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, of your salvation. Does that sound like Paul is saying there, live your life in such a way so that those who see you can see that Jesus is your treasure? That's spiritual worship. Living your life in such a way that those who know you can see that Jesus is your treasure. He is what you ascribe worth to. The things that come out of your mouth show that. The, the things that you do for others show that. The sacrifices you might make for loved ones show that. The sacrifices you might make for strangers show that. That Jesus is our treasure. So if that's what worship is, why do we call this worship? What are we doing here? What we do here is this. We come together as God's people for two reasons. One, because it's commanded. Hebrews 10 verse 25 commands us to come together regularly as God's people. But when we come together as God's people, here's what we're doing. We are feeding our appetites. You know how you feed an appetite? You know what happens when you feed an appetite? When you feed an appetite, that appetite grows if you want to starve out an appetite, then don't feed it, right? So, so for example, if, if I want to increase my appetite for steak, I would feed my appetite steak. I wouldn't deny myself steak because eventually I would lose my appetite for it. But if I want to increase my appetite for steak, I would feed myself steak. Now, there's a limit to that because we live in a fallen world and as good as steak may be, steak is also fallen, just like my appetite is fallen. So there's a point at which I can overfeed my, my appetite on something, and then it goes the other way. I can get tired of it. I can get sick of it. Okay, But we're talking about spiritual appetites here. We feed our spiritual appetites here with Jesus. And Jesus is perfect. Jesus is sinless. And so therefore, we cannot overfeed ourselves on Jesus. So the more we come together and feed ourselves on Jesus the more that increases our spiritual appetite for Jesus, which equips us, Ephesians 4, equips us to go out into the world and live in such a way that treasures Him because we have fed our appetite for Him and increased our appetite for Him. Therefore, we can go out into the world and others can see us and they can see that we have an appetite for Jesus. That's what what we're doing here. We're gorging ourselves on Jesus. So that appetite for Him, that spiritual appetite for Him will grow, will strengthen, will be nurtured, will increase. And then we go out into the world and people see us and they see us worshiping. Not to mean that they see us singing or praying, but they see us living our life and making decisions and making choices and saying things that show people Jesus is their treasure. That's what worship is. That's worship by the Spirit. That's, that is, can only be done by the Spirit. And that is The Scriptures teach us basically what encompasses all of life here on earth. For the believer in Jesus Christ, that is what life on earth is. is spiritual worship. Look at what Jesus said. To flip back real quick, you don't don't have to, but you can just listen. Or if you're still in John 4, here's what Jesus said. You worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. True worshipers. Or the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. That's why, that's why God saved you. Do you know that? God wants worshipers. Not because His ego has to be propped up. Not because he's, uh, His self-esteem is struggling and He needs some people to sort of praise Him. God is seeking worshipers because He is the perfect divine being that is infinitely Worthy of praise. And so, therefore, it is infinitely right that He be praised. And because He created His universe to be right, He is seeking people to worship Him because that is the most right thing that can be done. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Truth That Transforms with pastor and Bible teacher Jason Wilkerson. Truth That Transforms is the daily teaching broadcast of Disciples Fellowship Church. We invite you to visit our website where you will find more resources to help in your journey of discipleship. You can find us at www.disciplesfellowshipnc.com or connect with our Facebook page at facebook nc. truth that transforms exists to glorify Jesus Christ through the teaching of his sanctifying and disciple-making word.